absolutely uh, had an open nomination and I ran, uh, put my name forward. There, I was, uh, there was no deals made. I think maybe Doug misunderstands what the job of an ombudsman is. The job of an ombudsman is really to call the government into account and often be critical of the government. I would unify people with my, with my voice. I will tell people, let us come together. We, we need to focus now, move beyond Patrick Brown. I'm the only one that will stand up to the establishment. I'm the only one that will stand up to the elites, the political elites and the political insiders that have been raking the taxpayers over the coals for years. Snakes and Ladders. I'm Arlene Bynum. I'm Jamie Ellerton. This is By a Dog Podcast. They have to turn on themselves before they turn on Kathleen Wynne, and we certainly saw that, Jamie, with the ghost just hanging around of Patrick Brown. I, I There were moments there where all oh, you just saw the rawness of all the topics that have been raised about this party. Indeed, the gloves definitely came off last night. This was not a more sedate affair at TV shows The Agenda. <laughs> I think we should come right out in the beginning and state where we stand. You know, I really believe it was Christine Elliott's night. She was attacked and she defended herself quite well. You know, really a turning point in the debate when Doug Ford, friend of that family for so long, we all know it and we're watching him knowing probably in his stomach and his heart it's hard to do. But hey, this is politics. Turning to Christine Elliott and asking her why she took that job, of course, she was completely prepared for it. But She is certainly seen as the favorite, and Doug Ford was leading in a poll, although maybe a little bit of a dubious poll. But I think we saw her as very, very strong and the one that's ready to lead. What did you text me last night and said, candidates and one leader? I indeed, my kind of takeaway from that, there was one premier in waiting there and, and three candidates. I think one of the things that worked well for Christine as a tactic is she clearly has command and knows the issues in the files and how to get her message across. But she was at her best when she was deflecting those mm-hmm. trying to attack her. And it wasn't by running from it. It was actually addressing them head on and challenging them on the substance of their critiques. She looked at ease and she kind of swiveled back and forth between delivering her message and thwarting off attacks while at the same time getting her own jabs in on the others. I thought the others were a little less sure of themselves. Doug, when he's lifting off, Mm -hmm. listing off his one-line zingers uh, was kind of what you'd expect. But when he had to kind of go further and react to what was going on in the room, he seemed unsure of himself and unsure of what he wanted to say. And I think that will leave an impression on uh, Ontario PC voters. Tanya Granick Allen, she's a polished performer. I mean, there's moments when you're watching her when we were beginning, you know, and you're going, wow, this is her night. And then you got to be reminded she is dragging the party over. She's the Bernie Sanders to Hillary Clinton here, you know, not taking the party, not to the left, but taking the party over to the right. That's why she's there. And she seemed to be directing it a couple of times. She was controlling it. And then they'd have to fight to get back. But here's where I think I totally agree with you. I think Christine handled it when she said, I will rip those windmills out of the ground. Sounds really great. She delivered it with panache and authority. And then Christine said, hang on, Sloopy. It's not that easy. 
They can't be just pulled out. There's a process here. So I think Christine's message was, I'm the one who knows how it really works. And I think it really resonated. Yeah, I think Tanya definitely did uh, the job that she probably sought to do coming into this leadership race. I don't think uh, people would think she was looking at genuinely being in this to win it. She's a bit of a one-issue candidate on the sex ed stuff, and has definitely uh, wrapped herself in the flag of grassroots grievances. And those, I think, are issues that the party's going to have to continue to address. You saw Caroline Mulroney's campaign this week, uh, and Caroline herself put out a five-point plan in terms of how they would manage the nitty-gritty of the party and improve processes there. So in that effect, she's having the intended effect on this race. But if you look at kind of just the way she comes across with some of her outbursts and the kind of like almost like underlying anger as she yes. tries to make her point. I think it's off-putting to uh, definitely voters at large, and it's just uh, a one-issue horse in this race. You know, here's the thing that I was thinking when I was watching it, Jamie. When we know, well, you know, of course, leadership rates, they get nasty. But it's pretty unusual from within a party during a leadership race to debate corruption. It kept coming up through the whole night. I mean, what unusual times we are within the party saying we have to get rid of the corruption using that C word. Where are we here in politics? And it's really hard to remind yourself this party is still leading in the polls, even with that internal debate. Yeah, the party issue, and uh, Tony Granick allen kept calling it political crimes, uh, is going to be something the party has to deal with, I think, head on coming out of this leadership race when the leader is elected and announced on March 10th. The ghost of Patrick Brown loomed heavily in this oh, debate. Yeah. <laughs> of course, all candidates are still looking for the support of his past supporters on the ballot going forward. And they all kind of looked, uh, with the exception of Tony Granick Allen, a, a little careful and choiceful in their words when asked whether or not they would allow Patrick Brown to run uh, as a PC candidate in his riding of Barry. And I think that speaks to some of the dynamics going forward. And for if you look at the allegations that have come forward, not just uh, the CTV sexual allegations that, again, Patrick Brown denies, but the women stand by their reports, but also the the affairs of the party as it's related to how grassroots members have been treated in the policy process, in the nomination of candidates across the province, and now even the integrity commissioner investigation that Mr. Brown faces over his financial handlings and his buried $2 million home. These are things that I think have to be addressed head on, and whoever the leader is on March 10th will have to demonstrate not just accountability and kind of how they're going to clean up the kind of process and mess, but ensure that members have the confidence uh, in the process going forward and ultimately mm -hmm. our democratic institutions and somehow parlay that into a platform for government. Yeah, they do. And it's a big problem. It is. It's because they're ongoing. And, and you can see why they're very careful, because they don't know which way it's going to go. I was thinking all that when I was watching the debate, but here we are. We're in crazy times here in the province of Ontario. It's not that great fodder for the liberals. David Livingston receiving his sentence. I mean, there. if, if it gets brought up, there's enough arrows in the quiver of the PC party to throw back at the liberals. So this isn't just a, a one-sided nasty affair, is it? No, I don't think it is. And I, this is one of those things where when politicians do something that is viewed as corrupt or scandalous in the public eye, 
I don't think it necessarily, for the most part, sticks to any one particular person or one particular party. It kind of paints them with yeah. a, all mm-hmm. with the same broad brush, and people's eyes just glaze over, and it, it fuels that cynicism. Uh, we've heard Jen Gerson, of course, one little reporter in the country, calls it shitstorming. When you just throw so <laughs> mm-hmm. much crap at the wall to see what sticks, it kind of bombards people who don't follow the day-to-day minutia of all of this, probably the same way that the, we in the media and communications and political uh, circles do. For the debate itself last night, Erlin, I want to ask you, we mm. kind of uh, poked at Doug in this and he definitely didn't have a great night. But when did you think Doug was at his strongest last night? I thought he was at his strongest when he started talking about, you know, his cap and trade line was good and he was talking about building the party. I, I you know, he's got those lines. I don't know, as a bit I, I know Doug has those lines, but you know, I followed intensely the mayoralty race in the city of Toronto and it sounded very much there were if I didn't know it was his brother was not on that stage. I, it was really hard if you closed your eyes not to imagine Rob Ford. He invented stop the gravy train only for a provincial election, and I, you know, I think he had a lot of lines. I'm not sure that I felt he grabbed the reins of power when he did turn on Christine, though. He had everyone's attention. And when he turned on Caroline Mulrooney, I have to say, it's a bit rich, Caroline. Let's take a look that you were parachuted into that party. It seemed to throw her. Yeah, she did look a bit rattled when she was pushed back on her heels and forced to defend herself. I think if you look at the whole nomination process, uh, she I think it was fair to say she indeed was a star candidate uh, when Patrick Brown was mm-hmm. leader. And I think she probably could have been more aggressive in removing the political corpse of Patrick Brown off her back if she's to come out swinging. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things Caroline's going to continue to have to do is just to continue to connect with members. She was an unknown commodity coming into this race, uh, with the exception of her last name as a result of her father having been prime minister. I don't think people knew Caroline at the beginning of this race, and I'm still not sure if people know Caroline at the end of this race. And I think people somewhat underestimate the shift that it takes when one enters public life uh, to find your feet, find your voice, and enter into that arena. And I think this is something that she'll continue to have to work on going forward. It is. You know, we were watching it. You and I were texting each other as the debate was on. And one of the things that you really take away is the political punches. It's tough to take. And perhaps in her life, maybe she hasn't had a lot of those verbal punches. That's why it kind of helps. What did I say? I grew up in the hammer. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you get used to that sort of stuff. And she's going to have to toughen up. She may end up being very, very good at it. But when you're not used to that open kind of deba- debate, stand your ground, be confident and fight back and then forgive, it takes a while to get used to. Sounds like it'd be good if she spent uh, some more time uh, in Legion Hall sparring with people on, on politics and the day-to-day and the Tim Hortons counters. I think she should have a, have a couple of uh, brewskis, as they say. <laughs> Cheers to that, Arlene. As, as, we, as the debate wraps up and now everyone shifts to the voting taking place March 2nd to 8th, where do the candidates go from here for the end of this race? I think they just try to hang on, don't they? They're they're doing math, let's face it. It's a math game at this time. They're looking at polling, as you know, and they're deciding where they sit. And we may see some shifts. We may see some shifts, last-minute moves to try to pick up other camps. It is a 
game of numbers at this point. And I, I just want to end to f- finally saying, I, you know, when I saw them all on the stage, if they do oust Kathleen Wynne, I did see some good fresh blood out there. There, there was a, a lot to like. We need a premier. The province needs new direction. Can Kathleen Wynne beat this party? And then there's the fresh blood. And I, I think there was a lot to like about the future of the PCs there. Ending on a high. I'm Jamie Ellerton. Positive Arlene. I'm Arlene Bynan. This has been Buy a Dog Podcast. And of course, if you want a friend in politics, buy a dog. So if you found us so far, you've been on SoundCloud. But if you want to subscribe, the Buy a Dog Podcast is now in the Google Play Store. It's on iTunes and in all the other major podcast directories. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Buy a Dog Podcast and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Buy a Dog Podcast. <laughs>